Hi, and welcome to Process, a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Today's episode, I'm excited to speak to Aaron Gilmore. Now, I have to tell you the truth about Aaron. We go way back. We met freshman year of college at Boston College back in 2004. We had a class together, and really after that, we never kept in touch. But I reached out to Aaron recently to have him on process because I heard that he was creating an amazing company, and I wanted to share that story with all of you. See, Aaron spent the first few years after college working in finance in New York City. But after a few years of that, he decided that he really needed more healthy snack options. But since they didn't exist, he kind of decided to start his own company and create a kale chip that's called Super Eats, which you can find at different Whole Foods and thousands of stores around the U.S. But today, I really want to talk to Aaron about the process behind breaking out of a secure job and what it's like to go into a different industry that you've had no experience in before and turn all of that into a success. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being on process. Let's get to it. Aaron, thanks so much for being on process. Great to be here. I'm glad to yeah, glad to share my experiences here. Yeah, and I, I really want to dive right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself and Super Eats and how this came about. Yeah, about uh, really formed the company back in uh, early 2013, and at the time I was working in New York at Citigroup, um, an investing group there, and Charlie, my co-founder, was actually running an olive oil company, and you know, I think both of us really had that uh, that itch to. You know, Charlie actually before the olive company, olive oil company, um, had been working in finance as well. So we both had the the itch to take our finance knowledge and and really apply it to a project that we were you know, significantly more passionate about, and that was kind of going to be our baby. Um, so we um, around this time we we had the idea for a dippable kale chip and. Both had passion in and uh, enthusiasm for healthier eating and uh, specifically healthier snacking because our whole thought was that people had um, you know, consumers had as a general body had had uh, converted their meals to be healthier, but a lot of the snacking habits remained and were focused on junk food so uh, we kind of we started making this dippable kale chip basically for ourselves, and then found out quickly that it was uh, you know it was definitely a something we could base a business off of, and and kind of sh- we could share it with people. So we spent about a year doing the recipe development, going in and out of commercial kitchens and in, in Brooklyn um, at night, and uh, then eventually came to our final product and went off to the races. Um, so this is after seven years of living in New York. It, working at a Citigroup. Correct. Correct. And so where did you meet your co-founder? Charlie and I were friends uh, for several years. Um, I actually knew him through my, through my roommate. They went to school together. And so we were, we were good friends, hung out in the city occasionally and uh, got together. We just knew we had a lot of similarities and, um, and would both have the same kind of passion in, in doing it, you know, uh, really creating a creating a product and a project like this. So was it 
attractive to you to work with Charlie based on his olive oil company or to know that he had already made the jump from the banking industry to being an entrepreneur? Right. Exactly right. So I knew that was a big thing. Charlie had really done, you know, there are so many little things that you don't think about when you're um, first getting into starting a business because the little things in the end are what make the big things happen. And those, in Charlie had experience doing all of those because of his olive oil company. So it was two things. I knew who Charlie was and we'd worked well together. And I knew that he had the experience and also had already started working in food. So that's when I, um, that's really when, when we, I had approached him to start working on this. And I'm curious about your interest in nutrition and health. And in full disclosure, we went to college together. And I think we were in the same class freshman year, no? Mm -hmm. Uh, Perspectives every Mm -hmm. Wednesday night. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We had an amazing professor. I remember him very well. Yes, Um, for me. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I remember back then, I think, and I could be totally wrong, this was, I mean, we graduated, like you said, seven years ago. So this is 11 years ago, freshman year, that you were, you played lacrosse? I played, I played uh, club soccer. Yeah. Club soccer in there. Yep. I knew it was... Another club team, yeah. All right, okay. And so you played that throughout college, and mm-hmm. was that something that you still did after graduation, like as a hobby or... Yeah, I've definitely, I've continued it. I've, uh, I've, I played for all seven years in New York, um, playing down here in New Orleans. So it's definitely a passion of mine. I would say, you know, so that definitely drove a lot of the interest in, in nutrition, you know, the, basically a healthy lifestyle and wanting that to be reflected in, in my diet as well. And, you know, I, there were other pieces that came into play. My father had, um, back in 2010, had some heart issues that were actually a result of his smoking habit way back in the day when everybody smoked. Um, and he had, he'd quit cold Turkey still when he was young, but it affected him this many years later. And because of that, he had to take a closer look at his diet. So I think that certainly contributed to my interest in healthier eating as well. And, uh, you know, really the, the specific, uh, product that we came up with was just a result of both of us going into a lot of these new independent natural food stores in New York and seeing other products that were out there. And we eventually took our own, you know, had our own take on, um, on kale chips. Tell me about how you came across this recipe. Like I, and I read on your website that you spent, you know, countless very early mornings and, and, um, and late mm-hmm. nights working on this recipe. Was it just you and Charlie? What, how did you come across, you know, even something that could be turned into the recipe that you landed on and are selling now all over the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, it really all started by us making, and I actually went home for Easter with my, with my mom and, and made uh, my first terrible uh, batch of kale chips, which was which was quite funny, but yeah, it was really the, that that year long process was me, Charlie, and we had the help of um, of a chef as well in New York, and so the three of us, and sometimes actually we had more people helping us out, other friends in New York with culinary backgrounds. We'd go into the kitchen, and you know we knew there were a couple things we we stuck to, which one of which was making sure kale was going to be the number one ingredient. And then we went from there and said, look, we, well, we have to find different ways to, to have it, you know, the consistency be right. And um, you can't, you know, it's not easy to make a chip with just kale. So we added things to not only 
allow us to make it into this chip, but also to round out the nutrition. So we added black beans for protein and, and some other ingredients to accomplish both of those things. And uh, yeah, it was, a lo- it was a really, really fun process. Lots of focus groups and lots of tweaking and experimentation and very interesting process showing people along the way and you know people who were involved in helping us giving us feedback on this from day 1 when we gave them their our first try to our final product it was neat to see their transformation their reaction to it i'm curious as, as to how you at the time while you were coming up with this recipe and doing all this experimentation and focus groups were you still working at the bank Yes. Yeah. For part of it, I was. Exactly. Um, So how did you manage, because it takes a lot of focused effort and energy to create a project like Super Eats, right? Yeah. How did you manage your own energy and like the ups and downs of that? Mm -hmm. Because you said it was a year long. um, Right. to Right. to, To get you to the end result of, you know, here's our finished product, here's a bag, buy it. Yeah. I, you know, I think, uh, truthfully, I'm, I resolved or at least came to terms with the fact that to make this happen, my free time was going to be basically devoted to, to this project. And the, the reality is the building of this, the creation and the innovative part of, of launching a, a snack product is the best part by far. And so my free time, when it was being devoted to this, but it's super exciting to do stuff like this. So I didn't my energy would increase knowing that I was going into a kitchen that, that night. Sure, there were definitely nights where you kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, you're getting exhausted, you're ready to call it quits more so than other nights, but um, it's such a fun process. And it, to this day, it's what Charlie and, and I both love doing the most. So it was never too difficult to get the energy up to go do this stuff. And, um, you know, weekends, just instead of watching football on Sundays, you know, you're in the kitchen or you're, you're brainstorming uh, different pieces of the puzzle to, that are necessary to launch. So, you know, that it was uh, just the excitement surrounding it was, was energy enough, I guess. And you said that, you know, be, is it being in the kitchen that you love the most? Working on different... Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just the general process, the thinking, brainstorming, and then creating the next your next product is is the best piece of this and that's that includes being in the kitchen experimenting i still do it you know we we both still do it um, when we're when we're coming up with new ideas and uh i think coming up with this and then sharing it with people is pretty pretty exciting that first you know after you've done all the work to come up with it and um and create it on a small scale and that first trade show or that first demo where you actually introduce the product to people and get their get their final reactions is is super exciting and another reason you know for the same reason the focus groups and having sharing with your friends is is pretty pretty neat because it's you know your blood sweat and tears are put into this this product and uh it's just it's super much more you're just more passionate about it than you know any excel spreadsheet that i built back in finance for example so yeah that's by far the best part and to this day we that's definitely our passion for both of us. How do you continue to do that? I mean, because as an entrepreneur, you, I'm sure you now know that there are a million other things that now need attention. And I want to hear a little bit about the process to, you know, now you're all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, is, do you still have time to 
do the part that you really enjoy and that passion piece that you talk about um, yeah. when you have to tend to like the admin or the mm-hmm. operations or the sales and, and, yeah. and including, you know, I'm sure there are some Excel spreadsheets oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that go into Super Eats. So how do you manage that? Yeah, I mean, uh, still to this, you know, we've been fortunate that we, uh, we've actually added quite a bit of help along the way. And so we, we have people helping with marketing. We have people helping with sales. We have, we've been able to get help actually from a very good friend of mine from growing up back in Vermont um, who's helping us with accounting and finance and a lot of the day-to-day stuff. You know, so uh, it definitely we still have to do a lot of it, a lot of mundane work. But, you know, I think there are two, two things. The mundane work is, is never mundane when it's, when it's your business and you know that it's, it's all, you know, the small things, again, lead, allow you to do the big thing, that your big dream. And so it's, um, that, that makes it a lot easier. But then we have, having all the help that we've established now, we do have the ability to keep, you know, keep brainstorming, uh, go into the kitchen occasionally and, and drum up, you know, some new, some new idea. Fortunately, we're able to free up time for that, and you know, that's again, it's um, it's certainly not done during the middle of the day. Uh, we'll st- we're still doing it at night, just like the old days. But uh, but yeah, we're, we've freed up time for that. Thankfully, how does it feel to go through the, I guess, the learning curve for entrepreneurship and doing all the things that you now that fall on your plate now? Has it been? I mean, I'm sure that your co-founder's experience has helped a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that you haven't had to make that jump as well. So what is it like to go through that? What would you say to somebody who hasn't made the jump to entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest th- lessons um, or skill sets even that, I, that I've taken away from all this is there was never anyone else who was going to do um, a specific step for us. And that could have been as small as um, you know, setting up our first website you don't have any money to pay someone else to do that at first. So you teach yourself quickly how to do that. So the main thing is just anything can be learned and, and you can really do anything, anything you, uh, you need to, to get the business rolling. So small things, there was no, um, there was no person there who was going to take those off, off the table for you and, and take care of them even, and things that you don't, you don't know already. It's all available on, you know, just go give it a Google search, spend f- several hours um, researching, and you can figure it out quite quickly. You know, that again, it's as simple as setting up your Facebook page, trying to figure out some search engine optimization, stuff like that. Everything is, is stuff that you need to do. And it's stuff that you, but it's all stuff that you can teach yourself. All these little things anyone can do. You don't need to take a class to do it. So it's, I guess, the, the main thing I'm saying is, Teaching yourself uh, how to teach yourself everything, and and knowing that having the confidence that anything can be learned that you need to establish to move the business forward and take that next step, and it's even going as you know sourcing ingredients or finding a packaging supplier. That that alone, if you haven't started a business, can be kind of a daunting thing. But it's all you know if you just sit down, you carve out some time, and you take care of it and and focus on it. It's all so doable. So the small tasks are so important and you really can do it all yourself. And it might be a little daunting, again, before you dive in and you really start building the business. 
but that's something that I've really taken and, uh, and you kind of can apply that to the rest of your life as well. What I'm and, curious to what's next, like, what are you teaching yourself now, now, now mm-hmm. where super eats is at now and, and tell us a little bit about what it's like to be you with super eats now. How many, yes. you know, how many stores? I'm, I'm not sure if you have a number specifically, but on your website, there's a store locator in like Florida and the, mm-hmm. there's a bunch that come out. So I know you're all over the U.S. What is it like now for you and what are you teaching yourself or what's like the next frontier? Right. Well, so that, yeah, that basically, um, I'll give you an example. We're in, so we're in a few thousand stores now and when you're first starting to sell, it's just this, it's so exciting and you're realizing that, okay, yeah, I'm, I, and I know I get to get this in front of all, uh, you know, all these customers and these other people and share the product. And, and then soon after you're realizing, oh, okay, I need to, I need to really manage and look at how it's doing in all of these stores, each individually and look on literally, a, you know, a Whole Foods in Chicago. How is it doing there? Are people reacting? What do I need to do if they're not seeing it on the shelf? And do I need to uh, do a demo, for example, to to get the product uh, in front of people who are shopping there, so they so they actually know about it and can try it out, and then go to the shelf to find it? So it's as you expand like this, there your that skill set needs to kind of adapt to the new challenges, and you know that uh, that process is not necessarily as fun as the the you know the creation that I've talked about <laughs> enough at this point. But you need to, it's so necessary and it's so important. So and then I'll give you another example of, of these kind of teaching yourself or getting that skill set that's sort of a confidence thing. And like, I, I can figure this out. Okay, here's a new challenge. I need to figure that, this out. We're working on a new product that's sourcing ingredients uh, far outside of the U.S. and South America. And right now, it's just not very, it's not a well-established ingredient and so i you know we're working directly with directly with farmers in the region and directly with um, a lot of organizations that you know frankly we we had no idea several months ago how to get in contact with them how where this would even start and and it's it literally starts with you just just googling um what you need to what you need to find and it it's just a series of steps that you take but again that's something that's so daunting when you first set out to do it and when you really have an experience building a building a company but things like that just become okay i i know what i need to do this this is where i the end result that i need um and i'll and you just set aside time and focus on it so uh but yeah it's certainly different challenges different focuses as you as you grow as a business and and you can't just focus all your time on that the the most fun aspect of it, which is the creation. So. Is it? How is it? I mean, I'm assuming that you enjoy it a lot more. But compared to working in finance um, for somebody else, and comparing that to working for yourself uh, with a co-founder, and it seems like a distributed team. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you? Was it difficult for you to learn to manage your time and your energy? toward all the tasks that you needed to accomplish in the day? Because you, you mentioned to me before we started recording that you're living in New Orleans, your co-founder is in the LA area. Mm-hmm. How does that work with a distributed team and managing yourself and your habits, your work habits? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So I, when you leave um, sort of the corporate world, as, as I did, obviously looked forward to being able to do everything on my own time and sort of manage my own schedule but, and, and have it be a little bit more liberal and, and free. The irony of that is 
you find yourself at first having so many things that are unrelated that you need to take care of, so many tasks that you kind of need to, in being your own boss, you kind of need to go back to a lot of the structure that you learned from the corporate world. So I went back, I left the whole, you know, a to-do list behind, for example, when I, when I left Citigroup, where, and then several months into starting Super Eats, I realized, okay, I need to go back to that. That's the only way I'm going to set out a schedule for myself during a day and make sure I, I get everything I need to done. So managing all of those different tasks, uh, being your own boss, there were certain things that I had to go back to to actually structure that. The, you know, on, your, on your other question in terms of how Charlie and I worked together being in, kind of in different offices you know, in, in parts of the country, we did it strategically at first actually, because Charlie was going to cover the, uh, the western part of, of the U.S., and I was going to cover the east. And it still sort of worked out that way. You know, it's, it's great for Charlie to be out there in California because that's where a lot of the, the innovation actually goes on in, in the food industry. And it's also just easier for him to, you know, it's, it's, he has feet on the ground and talking to retailers there and, and talking to their, what trends they're seeing and, and, and consumers as well. But uh, I think in the future, we're going to consolidate. We really want to be together. One lesson I've taken is it truly is beneficial to be in the same location as, uh, as a co-founder or, your, or any other members of your team. You know, just when you come up with some random idea or thought, instead of just tucking it back away um, and saying, you know, I'll address it later, if Charlie was, was in the office with me, I could bounce it off of him immediately and we could get a discussion going. And so it, I think it really encourages, it encourages growth and more creativity and, um, and different ways of looking at things when you're in the same uh, location. So that, that'll be a change, I think, uh, in, the, in the future here for us. Are there digital tools that you use in the meantime? I mean, like I'm in Nicaragua oh, right yes. now. So we're Skyping. But is there, I've heard of some uh, dispersed teams that they have like video on all the time so they can like pop I've in. I've heard it. of this as well. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was someone introduced that concept to me and I thought about it a little bit. I actually think it could work. You know, the problem is with that is that all these different meetings were always running to trade shows and stuff. But occasionally, yeah, we will, you know, we'll, we'll Skype. I'm on Skype pretty frequently with different um, suppliers, for example, in different countries and, and stuff like that. So I definitely use that. We use different resources for, for business presentations, you know, when we're talking to, to different business-to-business uh, -business relationships that we have. So there's no way this would, be, this would work uh, the way we have set up our company, you know, even, even 15, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, it would be very difficult to make it work for sure. There are so many avenues of communication and simulating being present um, in, the, in the same office that, it, uh, that it's allowed a us to work like this to this point. So I'm curious about thinking about the future of Super Eats. Is there anything that worries you or excites you about, you know, the next quarter, the next year for Super Eats? And uh, it might be, you know, two different things. It might be the same thing. Usually a lot of times what worries me is also what excites me. Uh, it's a good thing. But um, I'm just curious about what the future of Super Eats is going to bring and what that means for you as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think you kind of nailed it. The biggest concern is also the the thing that excites us most. And you know, when we first created Super Eats, it was really okay. We have this first idea for a product. 
Um, but it soon became, okay, we need to be a brand, and that's what we want to be, a brand that consumers, our consumers can rely on to, to bring them you know, nutritious snacks that are, that are familiar to them in form. So that's why we have a chip that's more nutritious than your average chip. But at the same time, what, what is so terrifying about, about that is consumers are pretty fickle. They will, you know, on a whim, the uh, trend will change quite, quite quickly. Fat used to be the enemy, for example. Now people are realizing there are lots of really healthy fats out there, and sugar is now the enemy. And uh, you know, different preferences in the overall format of a snack. Popcorn has just has become extremely popular. Bagged popcorn, ready to eat popcorn, is now um, has been growing at an unbelievable rate over the past few years. So it's uh, that consumer and the way they can change uh, their preferences on a dime like that is uh, is both scary but also exciting because back on the, you know, our passion being the creation um, and the innovation, the whole reason we can do that and come up with these new exciting products is because the consumer is always looking for that next thing. So uh, that's what's keeping us on our toes um, is really we want to be that brand that is constantly leading the consumer and helping the consumer with, with cool, new, innovative, nutritious snacks, but staying in front of them rather than, than lagging behind and, and missing it when their preferences change. Yeah, it's not kale eats, it's super eats, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear. And I, I'm curious, I know that you're right now like knee deep, uh, head deep in this, in super eats, but is the entrepreneurship thing, have you caught the bug? Like, have you thought about in the future, oh, I'd like to create something else? Or are you right now mentally and emotionally invested in this and kind of not seeing past the future of Super Eats? Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, I couldn't, you know, my, basically my, the entirety of my, of my passion and my, my head right now is all wrapped up in Super Eats for sure. There's just, it's really, uh, building a snack brand is something that, to my previous point, is it's always evolving, and there's it's not as if you can build something in the first year, the first two years, and then let it it'll it'll just work on its own. It requires constant time and and energy and your focus um, and passion, and I, so I think it's it's all here for now. That's for sure. It's all in Super Eats. It's in it's in your my dreams, you know. It's uh, it's constantly on my mind, and so uh, that's where all of my resources and time are for sure. It sounds like you're still in the honeymoon phase, but it's been like two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and again, on that same point, it's not uh, it's it's always changing. So that's what's so exciting about it. It really is always changing, and we're always creating. That's what I love about uh, building a brand is is just you're always always coming up with something new and, and um, always meeting new people who have tried your products. And that kind of stuff is so exciting when you get, uh, when you get a random email from a friend, uh, which is this has happened, a friend from high school, haven't talked to in five years, living in Austin. And they say, hey, Aaron, you know, I found your email uh, on your website. I haven't talked to you in forever, but I just ate your chips at uh, the Austin airport. That kind of stuff just makes it all... Uh, it's all worth it. Super exciting to to, to hear from uh, from people like that. Or you know, hey Aaron, I haven't spoken to you since graduation. You want to be on my podcast? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, for real. I'm. I find it um, very not only interesting that you know this is a you know it's a chip company. That's uh, the snack company. I think that's very um, 
it's very different from what our peers are doing or the majority of them. Like if you were to take an average of what all of the people that we know our age are working on, this is very different. And I find that very valuable, not only because, you know, it's, it's focused on nutrition and, you know, in, in a sense that the reason why I find it so interesting to talk to you is because your focus on nutrition is on, in, in essence, it's about serving people, about helping them. And, and I find that has a lot of merit. So I congratulate you on Super Eats and, you know, we'll be waiting for them in Nicaragua. Um, yeah, with that, we'll get them there. I'll, I got to get you some. Um, absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk to your local retailer. I'll, uh, whatever they need. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. <laughs> thanks so much for being on Process, Aaron. All right. Thanks so much. You heard it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Aaron Gailmore, kale chip extraordinaire. I admire Aaron so much for his courage and persistence. In the words of Kermit the Frog, it's not easy being green. <laughs> but more seriously, leaving a job in finance in New York City to go spend all your nights cooking up different recipes and exploring and experimenting and then sticking to it for years and now being in thousands of stores all over the U.S. That takes incredible grit. I'll be posting more where you can find Aaron and Super Eats online in the show notes. So visit process.show for more information. And to you, as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you subscribe on iTunes and maybe leave a little five-star review. It would make my day. But seriously, subscribe if you want to know when we're back. P.S. Next Friday with another episode. Thank you for listening to Process. For more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making, I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host, and this is Process. Process.